book of Joshua, chapter 24. <clears throat> We're going to go to verse 15. The Bible says, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Father, for the next few moments here this morning, I ask you to use me as a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost. Give us, O God, I pray, the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this word. Give us the spiritual eyes to see the path as you lay it out before us. And, Lord, give us the God the wisdom to walk in that path. We thank you and praise you for it. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. The title of the message today is Straddling the Fence. <clears throat> Straddling the Fence. Amen. Here, Joshua declared unto the people of Israel, which was the church of the living God, Choose you this day. Amen. We're going to talk about that today. Our base text is going to be in the book of 1 Kings, chapter 18. 1 Kings, chapter 18. <clears throat> Amen. Now, so we're going to go to uh, 1 Kings chapter 18, and we're going to start in verse 16. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Now, Obadiah, which was a servant of Ahab, went to, uh, he saw Elijah, who Ahab had been looking for for some time because of all the problems that Israel was facing because of Elijah. It wasn't because of Elijah. It was because of King Ahab and the wickedness thereof. But Obadiah saw uh, uh, Elijah, and Elijah told him, you go and tell the king, I want to meet with him. And so Obadiah went and told the king, he told Ahab to, and Ahab went to meet with Elijah. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? <laughs> Elijah answered, he said, And he answered, I have, not, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Now, some people don't realize how bad Ahab was, and so is his father. Omri was Ahab's father, and we're going to take a look at some of that. So let's go take a look at what he's talking about here. He says, And I have not troubled, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. So let's take a look and see how that his father, how that Ahab and his father uh, uh, disobeyed God and didn't honor him. So let's go to 1 Kings, brother. Keep You know, we'll come back to that. Keep your place there. But 1 Kings uh, chapter 16, uh, 25 and 26. 1 Kings 16, 25 and 26. Chapter 16, verse 25 and 26, and the next one will be uh, the same chapter, 29 and 33, 29 through 33. So, anyway, okay, so, okay, but Omri 
wrought evil in the eyes of the Lord and did worse than all that were before him. For he walked in all the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which was another one in himself, and in his sin, wherewith he made Israel to sin, to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger with their vanities. Now, verse 29 through 33, verse 29. So this is, this is his father. This is his father, Omri. Now, in verse 29 of the same chapter, And in the thirty and eighth year of Asa, king of Judah, began Ahab, the son of Omri, to reign over Israel. And Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel in Samaria, to, uh, in Samaria twenty and two years. And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. So his dad had done worse than anybody before him. And lo and behold, Ahab come up in his steps, and he, and he served in his stead as king, and he did worse than Omri did, because he did worse than all that were before him, including his father. So he did worse than it was us. He was the worst king Israel had ever had. And, in, and it came to pass as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. So it's not bad enough that he, that he, took, that he walked in the sins of Nebat, uh, Jeroboam, the, the, the son of Nebat, which both of those were also the worst that ever was. And he walked in the sins of his dad as well. That he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Zidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. And he reaped up an altar, or reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a grove, and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. Now, now, you need to understand something here. This grove right here is not like some... I know a lot of people probably think it's like some garden or something like that, but it's not. Grove, the grove right here is... Uh, it talks about the prophets of the grove. It's Ashbarah. It's a goddess. It's Ashbarah. And the name of it was Groves. So it was a statue of Asherah, or Astarte, Astarte, which is, uh, a, which was an image, uh, an image of the Phoenician goddess Astaroth. So, when he, when, when it says right here that he made a grove, it was a statue of Astaroth, okay? And the prophets of the grove, or prophets of the groves were, were, uh, the prophets of Astra and the idols of Astra. So when it talks about the prophets of the grove, now the prophets of the grove were of Jezebel. Jezebel had 450 or 400 of the prophets of the grove that ate at her table. That was her doing. And he reared up a, a statue of Astra in honor of the goddess that she served, okay? And that was of her. And, and then also the prophets of, of Baal, which Ahab uh, worshipped Baal as well. And, and Ahab, 
Baal was a god created. I mean, he was a, 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 a created god that that uh, was Ahab taught Israel to worship God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the God of Baal. Baal was a god that anything goes. He was a god of anything goes. He was whatever you needed him to be, he was that God. So he was an anything and an everything God. Now, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was, uh, was you know, was a, a God of, uh, of absolute, uh, uh, yes, absolute uh, holiness and purity and righteousness and following the letter of the law, following his uh, will absolutely to the letter. And uh, uh, Ahab... Created, I mean, Ahab built a, a, the, the, the god of the god of Baal to uh, to handle everything else. So it was a if you if you did something that was wrong against this god, you could make it right with Baal over here. See, so it was a god of, of everything. All right, now let's go to First uh, Kings fourteen twenty one through twenty eight fourteen. 21 through 28. So let's take a look at it here. And Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, reigned in Judah. Rehoboam was 40 and 1 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord did choose out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. And his mother's name was Naamah and Ammonitus. And Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy with their sins, which they had committed above all their fathers had done. Amen. So notice here that this is the son of Solomon. Amen. The son of Solomon that reigned. Okay. Now, it says here that, For they also built them high places and images and groves on every high hill. As again... Statues of Ashtaroth, okay? So when they built those those uh, 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 statues of Ashtaroth, those were the groves on every high hill. So up where, up where it could be seen from, you know, by everybody. You see what I mean? See the difference when it makes to know what the Word's talking about? So they had these statues of, of, of Ashtaroth on every high hill, okay? And, and under every green tree. And there were also Sodomites in the land. Let me tell you something. Sodomy goes way back. Sodomites and Catamites were children were, they were property. All the kings and pharaohs sodomized all the children that they that they had in their castles and they kept hundreds of them and they had catamites and sodomites and so there were also sodomites in the land and they did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord cast out before the children of Israel and it came to pass in the 5th year of king Rehoboam that Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem, and he took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. He even took away all, and he took away all the shields of gold which Solomon had made. And King Rehoboam 
made in their stead brazen shields and committed them under the hands of the chief of the guard, which kept the door of the king's house. And it was so when the king went into the house of the Lord that the guard bare them and brought them back into the guard chamber. Amen. So notice here how that because of the evil and wickedness of Solomon's son, the Lord did as he said he would do. He would rend the kingdom out of the hands of his son. Now, Second Kings 17 those were things that were common in those lands. That was as common in that land as going to the beer joint and having a beer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The Egyptians were just, I mean, buddy, they were rampant with it. Well, the Israelites didn't have God for four, over 400 years. They were on their own, man. I mean, this was their, this was, their, they were banished. So for over 400 years, God was silent. Period. I mean, God was nowhere to be found for over 400 years. Well, yeah, well, it's a, it's, it's a sin. It's not a bad sin. All sin's bad. A white lie is just as bad to the Lord as that. But it's all sin. It's all, it's what it all is. It's all perversion. It's perversion of the truth. It turns the truth of God into a lie. Listen, sodomy is not what that part of your body is intended for. It is turning the truth of God into a lie. The parts of men are not made to go with other men. That's turning the truth of God into a lie. The parts of man are made to go with the parts of woman and vice versa. But anything to the contrary of that is turning the truth of God into a lie. You see, it's all perversion. Well, they were living like the Egyptians did. I mean, they were, of course, captive because it was part of their punishment to be to be slaves. But those things that, that they did, they weren't living a, a, a godly life. They weren't worshiping God. They weren't living for God. No, absolutely not. But God, they were still God's chosen people. And, man, I mean, they were just, they were just living, you know. And they were fed and taken care of by the Egyptians. But... It's not like God was right there, you know, handing them stuff and doing things for them because he was, they had lost their, they had lost their relationship with God. Okay, so, but man, I mean, but yeah, every, every, every kingdom back in those days, man, they, they not only did stuff like this, but they sacrificed their children to these gods. I mean, they burned them alive to these gods. I mean, they were just property, you know, and they didn't care nothing about them uh, uh, things like that. They didn't. They didn't look at. They didn't look at things like the world looks at them today. And uh, man, I mean, it was a it was a tough way to go. Now, Second Kings seventeen eight through twelve. Second Kings seventeen eight through twelve. We're just getting some ground some ground here. Eight through twelve. Got it? All right. And walked in the statute to the heathen. For so it was that the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, in verse 7, which had brought them up out of the land of Egypt from under, from under the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and had feared other gods. And walked in the statutes of the heathen, whom the Lord cast out from before the children of Israel, and the kings of Israel, which they had made. 
They were fearing the gods that they had made with their own hands. And they were walking after the evil that that uh, Egypt had walked after. And the children of Israel did secretly those things which were not right against the Lord their God, and they built them high places in all their cities, from the tower of the watchman to the fenced city. And they set them up images and groves in every high hill and under every green tree. See that? They built images, set up images and groves, statues of Ashtoreth in every high hill and under every green tree. And there they burnt incense in all the high places, as did the heathen whom the Lord carried away before them, and wrought wicked things to provoke the Lord to anger. For they served idols whereof the Lord had said unto them, Ye shall not do this thing. See that? The world needs to get a hold of this. Because I'm going to tell you, they have no idea. They have no idea. If you don't know what this word is saying, you're lost as a duck. But let he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. The Spirit is in this word. The Word, the Spirit is talking in this book. It's the Word of God. It is the Word of the Spirit of God that's speaking to His people. And you have to know what it is Jesus is trying to say in this book. Praise God. He's trying to warn you right here. We set up all these idols. We go and money, you know what money does? Money buys idols for people. It buys you your own little version of Ashtoreth. Well, I'm not worshiping anything. I'm not worshiping anything. Where was yet Sunday? I was on the lake, but uh, but listen, I, I mean, you know, God blessed me with this brand new big old boat. And, you know, the only day I got to use the boat, he wouldn't have blessed me with that boat if he didn't want me to use the boat. And the only day I got to use the boat is Sunday because I got to work Saturdays to pay for that boat. So God blessed me, and I'm just doing what God would want me to do. God wants us to have fun. He blessed us and gave us all this. So if we just say, Jesus, we're saved. I mean, I was saved like 47 years ago. I'm good. Yeah. You know. Why would God give me some overtime? Because you know overtime's a blessing from God. Well, sure it is. Everyone working on the Lord's days is certainly a blessing from God, right? Couldn't possibly be from the enemy. I mean, my goodness, how could the enemy ever, you know, bless you with money? For it's given me power to give you all these things. But they've never read that. You know how many, you know how many people have read that and never saw it? You know how many people have heard that, read it, and seen it? hundred times read that script, never saw it, never understood. what. But they never gleaned that out of there. They never got the understanding of what was being said right there. They, they just blow over it, and they look at one little old thing in there, but they don't divide the Word. They don't divide it. They don't grab it and take and, and dissect that Word and see exactly what the Spirit's saying. What's He saying? One of the things he's saying there, above all the rest of the things he's saying, is that the devil has the power to even give Jesus all the, all the riches of the world. 
that spoke expressly and specifically to say that Satan was given the power over money and the wealth of this world to give it to whomsoever he wills. For it is given me power to give you all of these things. They never saw that. Well, if he's the one has got the power to give, where do you think Donald Trump got his money? It wasn't from God, honey. Now, I think Trump's the best president we've had in a long time. That ain't saying a whole lot. But he's the best president I've seen in my lifetime, and that's fact. But that still does not null and void or negate the things he's doing against God that's going to put him in hell, and that's a fact. Nevertheless, he didn't get his money from God. He got his money from this world. And this world is Satan's playground. The Bible said all good things come from God. But you need to get in the book and find out what good things means. This is the greatest church on earth, as far as I'm concerned. There's nobody on earth that knows any more than we know. Nobody on earth is being taught any more than we're being taught by God in this building right here. No one. Now, there may be a lot of churches out there. There may be a bunch more that's just doing what we're doing. But I'm going to tell you right now, buddy, I wouldn't trade this church for nothing on this earth because we are hearing what the Spirit's saying to the church. Amen. I want to hear God. I'm not interested in theories like Brother Edwards was talking about. I'm not interested in all that mess. Lord, what is it you're trying to say to me today? That's my question every time we come together. Lord, what is it you want us to hear today? What is it that you want your people to know today? How, Lord, can we get through this and navigate our way through this land below? How can you do it without the one created it? How can you do it without the one that's got the playbook? How can you win the game if you don't have the playbook? How can you do it without God? When He knows everything that's about to happen and exactly how it's going to happen because he's the one that's orchestrating it. The book was settled a long, long time ago. It is written, and therefore it is settled. The written word of of God shall never pass away. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will never pass away. Praise God. That word is forever settled in heaven, and there ain't nothing going to change it. I don't care who you vote for. I don't care what you do. You're not going to change what's going to happen. It's already settled, and there's nothing you can do about it. But get yourself ready to meet the the reaper that's coming, buddy, because I guarantee you. And let me tell you something, folks. Satan is not the reaper. They paint that grim reaper. Oh, he's going to be a grim reaper for 99.9% of everybody that's ever lived on this earth. But that other 0.1%, he's not a grim reaper. If you're ready to meet Jesus like nobody on earth, almost no one is ready, but if you are ready to meet Jesus when he comes and you have lined up with that word, I mean absolutely verbatim, Verse, chapter, and line, you have lined up with every commandment, all the thousands of them in that book, and you are living a holy life, a righteous life, doing whatsoever God declares is right. Amen. You're living according to His Word and His righteousness. Amen. And you have separated yourself from this world, and you're touching not the unclean thing, and you're studying to show yourself approved in the Word of God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. If you're doing all those things, you've crossed every teeth, 
shut out every eye. You've kept your feet in the path. You've laid aside every weight and sin that does wisdom to set you and run with patience this race is set before you. If you make heaven, you ain't got nothing to worry about. It ain't going to be no grim reaper. It's going to be a day of rejoicing. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, hallelujah. It's going to be a day, praise God, where your race is run, praise God, and your battle is won. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. You need to post that one. Post that right now, praise God. I hope you got every bit of that. God's in the house today. God's in the house today. Second Corinthians, I mean, Second Kings 17, 8 through 12. We already did that. We're going to, uh, we did that already, right? Okay, we're going to uh, uh, chapter 18 now, 1 through 5. Chapter 18, 1 through 5. Second Kings 18, 1 through 5. All right. Here we go. Now it came to pass in the third year of Hosea, son of Eli, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. Twenty and five years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned twenty and nine years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was uh, also was Abby, the daughter of Zechariah, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David his father did. He removed, praise God. Now, this is good stuff right here. You got it? Second Kings, same chapter we were just in, Second Kings 18, 1 through 5. It's all right. That's the one we just did, 8 through 12. Okay. Okay. Now, it came to pass the third year of Jose. We already went through that, so let's go down here to verse Let's go to verse 4. He removed the high places and break the images and cut down the groves and break in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made for unto... Uh, he break in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made for unto the, uh, those days the children of Israel did burn incense to it. They even took the brazen serpent that the Lord had made to deliver Israel from the poisonous water and the things that were uh, 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 burdening them. And if they were to look upon the serpent, they would be healed. They wouldn't die. And they even began to burn incense to the brazen serpent. <laughs> Brother, you, it would blow your minds to know how many of those things that you see in the world today were brought forth by Masonic Brotherhood. Yeah, look at, look all that up. You'll see it. It all ties in with the Masons, and it all ties in with all that stuff that goes back centuries. Most people have no idea about this, about the Wailing Wall, and about Solomon's Temple under that Wailing Wall, and those chambers under there, and that's where one of the biggest Masonic Brotherhood lodges in the world is, right there under the Wailing Wall. Go figure. In Solomon's temple. How happy is God with that? That's okay. God's going to rebuild the temple. And ain't going to have no snake in it. I can tell you that. And it ain't going to have no masons in it. And it ain't going to have none of that filthy, wretched, miserable garbage in it. I can tell you that. It's going to be holiness and purity. 
One day, we're not going to be the minority. One day, we're going to be the majority. It's going to be all just like us. Everyone there is going to be holy and righteous and mighty in God. Pure. And they're going to love God. And they're going to love judgment. And they're going to love peace. They're going to love real peace that surpasses the understanding of this world. Peace with the world means can't we all just get along? No, sir. Peace in the Bible is obeying God, is obedience to the Lord, praise God, and His favors on you when you obey Him and His Word. That's peace. There is no, there is no turmoil in your life when you follow the Word of God. It says right here, for unto those days, unto those days the children of Israel did burn incense to it, and he called it Nehushtan. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any that were before him. Praise God. Here's a young fellow that came 25 years old, man. He came in cleaned house. He cleaned house. We need some more like him. We need some more like him. Let me tell you something. We should have had a long time ago, we should have had somebody like that that was willing to stand up and say, I want every Koran in this country piled up in a burn pile. And I want all this witchcraft. I want every book pertaining to witchcraft and all that filth. I want all that mess burned and destroyed. But you know what? Ain't nobody going to do that. Because they're too worried about what they need from other countries. Why in the world would you worry about what other countries have when God gave you a land? This was a God, this was a land of God right here. Let me tell you something. There is no country in the world like America. We have everything. We have deserts. We have ocean. We have mountains. We have hills. We have everything. There's not anything we can't grow here. There's not anything we can't do here. We've got oil, gas, wind. We've got everything you could ever possibly want. All the water we could ever need. We've got all the lakes and rivers and streams and all the tributaries and all those things that we'll ever need in this life. God gave us the ability to grow everything that you can grow on this earth in this land. Praise God. There's not anything we do need. There's nothing we have to have from other countries. None. Because as long as this was God's nation, He's the supplier of every need. But yet people are worried about... If, if, if the people of this land would have made this thing a fortress, no one could have approached us. No one could have ever approached us. Not ever. And the people that don't want to be here... Send their behind back where they come from. Every last one of them. You don't want to bow to the, you don't want to bow your knee to the, or, or, or put your hand across your, or, or stand up for the national anthem and all that kind of stuff. Take yourself back where you come from. You don't like America? Get out! But you know what? Nobody did it. Nobody did it. Now it's too late. There's going to be, going to be a day where we're not going to be the minority. We're going to be the majority. Amen. They may talk smack about us now. Families and friends and all those people around you may talk smack now. Oh, but there's coming a day. Oh, my Lord, there's coming a day when you're the only one they ever knew in their life. Amen. All right, back to our base text. Ahab was, uh, was a mess. He answered, Now I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. 
Now, therefore, send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel. And the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. Now, <laughs> I, 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 I go through sometimes and I look at some of these commentators. It's sad. It really is sad. They try to say that these couldn't possibly be the ones that ate at Jezebel's table because she had them always right there with her at all times. No. He said, and the prophets of the grove 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. These were the 400 that eat at Jezebel's table. She wasn't that far away. How do we know she wasn't that far away? Because when all this was said and done, Ahab took his chariot and went to see her. And Elijah ran on foot and ran ahead of him and beat him there. Now, it was several miles, 20, I think it was 20 miles to that place. But these were the same, these were the same prophets that were eating at Jezebel's table. And he said here, and the prophets of the groves, which, uh, 400 which eat at Jezebel's table. He said, gather them all together. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? That's the problem with America today. Everybody's got an opinion. Here, wasn't that big a deal. It was only two opinions. One but two opinions. But when you got 497 million opinions, that's a problem. How long halt you between two opinions? Because really, it really is only two opinions. Everybody has their opinions, but there's only two opinions. There's God and everybody else. Yep. If the Lord be God, follow Him. But if Baal, then follow Him. Then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. What are you going to say to that? But you know what? That's what I say. That's what I say all the time. And it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter. So how are you going to... So, so what do you do now? What do you do now, Sister Erica? What do you do in a situation like this? What's next? When you say something like this, what's next? I mean, Elijah came unto all the people and said, How, how long halt you between two opinions? How long are you going to debate this? If the Lord be God, follow Him. But if Baal, then follow Him. And the people answered Him not a word. What's next? What's next? What do you do? Well, he said right here, If the Lord be God, follow Him. But if Baal, in other words, if Baal be God, then follow Him. How do you tell which one's God? There you go. Prove it. Show me something. The Bible says... These signs shall follow them that believe. Believe what? Believe in the real God. Because there ain't no signs following Baal. Baal ain't raising the dead. Baal ain't casting out devils. Baal ain't delivering people from sickness. Baal is, uh, Baal is not recovering the sick and the blind and the deaf and the dumb. The dumb don't speak. Amen. The deaf don't hear. The dead don't raise. The blind don't see. But the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Elijah's God, on the other hand, Amen. He maketh alive and he maketh dead. Well, it don't take nothing but a circus monkey to fly a plane into a building full of people. That ain't God. That ain't Allah. That's a bunch of stupid idiots. A monkey can fly a plane into a building 
They ain't got nothing to do with God. Anybody can kill somebody. You see children do it all the time. Pull the trigger and kill somebody graveyard dead. That ain't God. But let me tell you something. The devil can kill people. Yes, he can kill them. You better believe he can. He'd have killed Job if God didn't set the boundary. He said, you got a hedge around him. Before he could even come approach him, God had to lift the hedge. But the Lord, Lord set the boundaries. He said, but you can't kill him. If he hadn't said that, he could have killed him. Now, so, what happens next? They answered him not a word. Of course they wasn't going to say nothing. They, didn't have, they was going to be quiet and listen to what was fixing to happen. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. If you have never felt that, at some point you will. I have felt many times that I was the only pastor left on this earth that stood against this world like I do. I do stand against this world. I hate this world. There's not anything about this world I like. And I don't care for the people of this world. I don't like to be around them. I don't like what they talk about. I don't like what they represent. They're all liars and thieves and cheats and scum. Every one of them, even my family, and I love my family, but let me tell you something. I don't like them. I don't like them because they're liars and they're thieves and they're cheats. They're th- what do you mean they're thieves? They rob God every time they turn around, man. I'm not talking about stealing from your neighbor over here. I'm talking about stealing from God. Amen. And they lie and they justify their wickedness. He said, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them... Therefore, give us two bullocks and let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And I will dress the other bullock and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And call ye on the name of your gods. No, he didn't say God. He said gods. And I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. Why? Because ain't nobody else said anything like that. Ahab didn't jump up and say nothing like that. Did you hear Ahab offering any excuses? Did you hear Ahab offering any uh, uh, any counter offer to that? Did you hear Ahab saying, Yeah, let's yeah. No. They said, Yeah, let's do that because you know we've never seen we've never seen our God do anything. We just follow and worship him because they do. But, you know, come to think of it, we've seen a lot of things. Our God did the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. But come to think of it, I don't believe I've ever seen anything come to pass that Baal was doing. I don't remember Ashtaroth getting up and coming and helping me with anything. I don't remember ever seeing her do anything, strike anybody dead and all that kind of stuff. You know what gets people to thinking? That's what I tell them. I tell them, look, man, show me, show me your God. Show me your God. What can your God do? What can your God do? I can show you what my God can do. There sits what my God can do right there. Praise God. There's others in this church, praise God, everybody in this building is evidence of what God can do. Let me tell you something. The real God will cause you to make changes in your life. But the problem is, everybody else wants, these, wants to follow these things that make them do nothing. They don't want anything that's going to cause them to make changes or, or have any discomfort of any kind because certainly, certainly Jesus would never cause you to be uncomfortable in any way. 
Now, and Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullet for yourselves and dress it first, for ye are many. Call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under. Don't put no fire under it. You're going to have to get your God to do that. Because after all, we're going to serve the God that answers by fire. And they took the bullet which was given them, and they dressed it and called on the name of Baal. From morning until... Uh, in, from morning, even until noon, saying, Oh, Baal, hear us. If I had a cricket sound, I'd be doing the cricket sound right now. But even the crickets had more sense than to make any noise right then. Because they know the real God, the one created them. Remember, animals don't do stupid things like that. Only people do. Only you can prevent forest fires. Amen. Just say no to Baal. Amen. Now, Oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. Gosh, what could possibly have been going on? Where was Baal at? Was that his vacation week? I think Baal was on a cruise. I believe he was on the Baal cruise. Maybe he was out bailing hay. <laughs> and they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon. <laughs> now, I would never do this. But Elijah, the, the, the Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he's talking or he's pursuing or he is in a journey or peradventure he sleepeth and must be awakened. Maybe your God was up too late last night with that Phoenician Asterah woman, that Asterah whore. Maybe he was whoring around with Asterah. <laughs> Maybe they was up all night and they both got drunk and he's got a, a little bell hangover this morning. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out upon them. That spirit's still alive today. That spirit's still in the world today. That's that. That's the spirit of Islam right there. They do the same mess. Cut themselves with them. With them. Uh, yeah, them deals with all the. Yep, cat of nine tails is going over their back, cutting themselves until the blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass when midday was passed. And they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that there was neither voice nor any to answer nor any that regarded. Let me tell you something. You know what that sounds to me like? It sounds like every church in America. Ain't nobody answering. They think that they're getting their prayers answered by God. That's Lucifer. Bless you. That's Lucifer answering their prayers. They're praying to what they think is God, but that's not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Bible said many gods, many lords, many gods, but that's not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They are the God of their own destiny, they say, and yes, they truly are. They are the God of their destiny. Boy, they're going to be sorely, they're going to be sorely awakened, buddy, when it comes to the time for them to reap what they've sowed. Now, none that regarded. And Elijah said unto all the people, come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord 
that was broken down. Amen. Now, what could that be? The altar of the Lord was broken down. The altar of the Lord was broken down. There wasn't no... There ain't nobody using the altar of the Lord. He repaired it. That was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, which was the tribes of Israel, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, Fill your barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Now let me tell you something. This was three and a half years into a famine. I mean a drought, not a famine. This was three and a half years into a drought. And there was no water. Water was was absolutely like gold. And he said, fill two barrels with water. Or four barrels, I'm saying, with water and, and pour it on there. And he said, do it the second time, four more. Barrels of water. And they did it the second time. And he said, do it the third time. And they did it the third time. And the water ran round about the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, he didn't have to jump up and down, cut his cell. He didn't have to go crazy and, and jump up and down and all that. He said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Praise God. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me that this people may know that Thou art the Lord God and that Thou hast turned their heart back again. Praise God. I cannot tell you how many times that I have prayed to the Lord and asked God, Lord, I want everybody to know that I am of you. And Lord, that you are with me of a truth. Lord, I want everyone to know that. I want them to know that you are a God of action. That you are a God that answereth when His people call it. That you are a God that is a keeper of His word and a keeper of His covenant. Lord, I want this world and everyone in this church to know, oh God, that I am your man, that I am your servant, that I am of you. And therefore, God has shown many, many times in this church that I am of him and that he is my king and I am his servant 
And His anointing is upon me, praise God. And His anointing is on that pulpit. And that Word that comes forth from that pulpit is His Word. That that Word is from You, Lord. Amen. And that Thou, O Lord, are the God that has turned their heart back again. Amen. And so, here we says, Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. When God puts on a bonfire, <laughs> buddy, when God starts a fire, something should be burned. And when all the people saw it, <laughs> It's amazing what an attitude adjustment God can have in just a moment. Boy, you're talking about a change of heart. I mean, it didn't people been cutting themselves, bouncing up down on the altars and jumping up and down, hollering at their stupid little old God that they made. He didn't do nothing more than that box of tissue right there. And now, all of a sudden, Elijah just said... Lord God, let them have it. Boom! You know, it's amazing what fear can do. It wasn't their love of God. The love they had for God didn't have nothing to do with this change right here. So what was it? What was it that changed their heart? It says, remember what he said before. Remember what he said before. And he said unto them, take the prophets of Baal. No, no, no. What? That's not the next one. He said, and that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. How did he do it? Well, he did it by saying, come on now, please. Please serve me. Come on, I love y'all so much. I mean, I'm just so good to you and everything. I just can't make it without y'all. Would y'all please come? I can't find no friends nowhere. Would you come and serve me? Because I can't find nobody to serve me. I'm so desperate. I'll give me anything you want. Let me give you three wishes. I'll give you three wishes if you just come and rub my little bottle. Is that what happened? That's what people like to have happen. Because they sure would like him to give them them three wishes. And you know. You know the first wish. More wishes. All the wishes I ever want as long as I live. And I'm going to be living to be a billion years old. I thought you should start crying right there. And say, man, did I get your wish or what did I? You stole my wish, man. I'm going to wish that. <laughs> now, that thou art the Lord. And, okay, now. All right, so then. Then fire fell, okay, and water licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, you think? And they said, the Lord. Oh, well, I mean, see, what had happened was, what had happened was, I don't know how we got astray, but the Lord. Now, the Lord, I'm talking about the Elijah's Lord. Now, that Lord right there now, He is our God, the Lord. He is the God. Huh. Oh, yeah. And Elijah said unto them, See, now it's time to clean house. Take the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. Elijah brought them down and slew them. Elijah killed them. 
And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees and said to this to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. It came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there arises a little cloud of sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. I just would have loved to have seen that. Jesse Owens ain't got nothing on that dude, man. You talking about some dust cloud coming up behind me. Them little sneakers were smoking, buddy. <laughs> buddy, I'm going to tell you what, man. What's that little, what was that Mario Brothers? Ain't got nothing on him, buddy. I'm going to tell you, that boy was cutting a trail right there, son. He was cutting a trail. <laughs> a, little, a little rooster tail of dust coming by. <laughs> could you see? Could you see him pass Ahab, man? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> oh, I love to have seen that. That's you know, I mean, you know, God got a sense of humor. He didn't even give a. <laughs> he didn't even give Elijah a horse. <laughs> he just said. I hope you got some WD-40 on them knees, son. Because <laughs> they fixed to be humming, boy. <laughs> oh, man, I can just see old Elijah, man. Old feller. <laughs> Running about 100 miles an hour. <laughs> Woo! Amen. Oh, y'all have to forgive me. I just got to take them. Amen. All right. Now. All right, let's get some more Scripture. We're going to start getting some Scripture now. Okay, now, Deuteronomy 30, 11 through 20. Now, listen to the word of the Lord. It says, For this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us, and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil, America. Hear me today, America. He said, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in His ways, and to keep His commandments, and His statutes, and His judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. But if, everybody say if, thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shall be drawn away, and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely 
perish, and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land whither thou passest over Jordan to go possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live. That thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey His voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto Him. Church, the Bible says, For He is thy life, and the length of thy days. Church, you need to understand something. Your job is not your life. We so we call our job our livelihood. Your job is not your livelihood. If it is, your priorities are out of order. Amen. Your job is not your life. God is your life. God is your livelihood. Praise God. Who can be against you if God be for you? There is none. When God opens a door, no man can close it. And when God closes the door, there's no man can open it. He said that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Amen. How is it, how is it that we are the children of Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob? We're grafted in that vine, folks. We are married to the king, praise God, just like Israel was. We're not a bride-to-be. We are the bride. The bride is not the bride-to-be. It's the married wife. You marry him in the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. You take on his name. Now we are not called, just like Eve was called uh, uh, Eve was, was called uh, Adam. Amen. He called their name Adam. Look it up in the book. Amen. The man, uh, the bride takes on the man's name. Praise God. He said, if my people, what people? Which are called by my name. That's his people. That's his bride. Praise God. And it's no different in the New Testament. Praise God. It's no different in this new covenant. Amen. You have to be his wife. Amen. To have the benefits of the king. He will not fornicate with anyone. God is holy. Amen. And you cannot have an intimate relationship with God without bearing His name and without the consummation of the covenant, which is His blood, not yours. Remember, man's blood could not atone. It had to be a sinless, holy sacrifice. Praise God. So, it's time to make a choice. As Joshua said, choose you. This day, who you will serve. Just like it said right here. Just like he said, I set before you this day, death and life, good and evil. Life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. God ain't going to beg you. He said, I'm, I just set it out here before you. Everybody lift up your Bible. Hold your Bible up before the Lord today. Amen. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody in this building that ain't got a Bible in their hand. For everybody listening by tape, everybody in, this, everybody in this church, we use a Bible. We have a sword, a physical sword. Praise God. It's a physical weapon of war. Praise God. Amen. This right here, this right here, church, this is exactly what it said. Choose life. Amen. This is what He has set before you. This is the book of life. 
And it's the book of death. Amen. The words of this book will determine where you are headed. Amen. If you want to know where you're headed, get in the book and it'll tell you exactly where you're at. Amen. It will tell you exactly where it is. It is the light. Amen. The light unto your path, the lamp unto your feet. It is the Word that shows you where your feet are in this grand scheme of things. Are you in the path? Get the book and find out. Are you headed for heaven or headed for hell? Get the book and find out. Why are you taking some man's word for it? The man you're taking his word for it's going to hell. Who in the world would go and ask Satan? Am I okay with God? What do you think he's going to tell you? Well, yeah, I mean, you got 14 whores and 10 concubines and you, you know, you, you, you own drugs and he'll tell everybody. No matter what you're doing, it's okay. That's just a, that's just a less of an extreme. But he tells the same ones that's in prison doing all the stuff they're doing. Killing, raping, murdering, homosexuals and everything else. You're good. Yeah, you're good. You're good with God. Why would you go to one that's absolutely certain to be in hell to ask him what he thinks about your walk with God? Are you kidding me? That's like going to a lawyer and asking him advice on how to keep people from stealing your money. While you're talking to the man, he's stealing your money. Yeah. Yeah. Church, this world, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice, whether you're driving down the road today, those of you that weren't able to be here today for this message, evidently God saw fit that you got this message for one reason or another. And if I were you, I would take heed to this warning today if there was ever a time that you need to make a choice it's right now because you've been living on borrowed time you've been thinking that you're okay with god but you're not you've been thinking that you've got plenty of time but you don't you're not ever going to have enough time to get it right with god because you're the great procrastinator. You're the great procrastinator that's going to keep pushing it off and pushing it off, thinking you got another day, another day, another day, another day. But you yourself, those that are listening to me right now, you yourself know people that have died an untimely death. You're going to be one of those people. You're going to be one of those people that push the envelope too far. You're going to be one of those people that put it off. One time too many. The Bible says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for no man knoweth what another day may bring. Joshua was a wise man when he told the people of Israel to choose. Choose you this day. But no matter what they did, just like the Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, Our God is able to deliver us from this burning, fiery furnace, but be it known to you and to all Israel this day, whether he does or not, even if he doesn't, I will not bow my knee to your statue. I will not bow to your God. And you know what? Wasn't very long after that, they got to meet that real God. 
if you're listening to this tape today, you need to get as many of these tapes as you can get your hands on, and you need to listen to these podcasts or these tapes or CDs, however you're listening to them, and you need to start finding out what it is you've been missing because you've been missing a lot. It's not too late for you to choose life today. You can put everything that you've been following behind you today. You can put all those bad choices that you've made in your life, you can put them behind you today. God's not worried about where you've been. God's not worried about what you've done. His blood is sufficient for that, but you the one has to apply it. And it starts with repentance. It means to stop, turn about, and go the other way. Ask the Lord to forgive you for your sins. Confess those sins to Him. You don't need to confess them to some man. You need to confess them to the King, the Lord Himself. He knows what you've done. He just wants to hear you say it and hear you admit you're wrong and to hear that you know what you've done wrong. Amen. And His blood's sufficient. Amen. And you need to apply that to your life by being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins, Acts 2.38. And then you need to start finding out what you're going to have to do to make heaven because it's a whole lot more to it than that. This notion there's nothing you have to do is a lie from Satan. Who knows full well every word, verse, chapter, and line in that book is true. But he's the father of lies. God's not worried about how you started. Folks, it's not how you started. It's not even how you've run. What matters is how you finish. There's been a lot of races won by a strong finish. You can't do nothing about yesterday. You can't do nothing about last week, last month, last year. It's all water under the bridge. Nothing you can do about that. But what you can do something about is what you do from here forward. You can make a turnaround today. And you can get in this book, the 1611 King James Version Bible, and you need to get you a pastor. You need a senator or pastor that has the anointing to preach that word and is truly sent by God. And it's not a, not a, 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 a money-hungry thief that's not after filthy lucre. That's not a hireling, but somebody that's an anointed and appointed man of God that will tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. If you come to the church time in, time out, day after day, service after service, and you're not getting land-basted from time to time, and your feet sore, and your backside sore, there's a problem. Because there ain't nobody that good. If the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, is not cutting you going and coming sometimes, then you need to search yourself. Something's missing. Something's wrong. Because I don't care how good you are, that word is going to cut you from time to time. And it's going to help you get it right and keep it right. If you're close enough to Plantersville to come here, uh, to this church, we would love to have you. And we would love to, love to have you come be a part of this family if your intention is to live for God and you want to change your life and you want to do the things that you need to do to line up with that word. Man, I'm going to tell you, you found a home here. Amen. But if you're too far away then please let us know, and we will try every way that we can to make sure that you get uh, as much word as you need and, and, and the things that you need uh, to help you prepare yourself to meet Jesus. Amen.
There's nothing greater than living for the real God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It ain't a cakewalk, folks. It takes a lot of sacrifice, and there's a lot to it. But the rewards that come from it are not to be compared with the hardships or the difficulty. This flesh is going to cry. It's going to kick and scream. It's all right. It's part of the it's part of the plan. Nothing wants to die. And that's exactly what you do to this flesh when you follow the word of God and go against everything this flesh wants to do. Somebody's got to die. It's either going to be the carnal you or the spiritual you. You're going to have to kill one. You can't serve both. Choose you this day whom ye will serve. Stand with me.